Welcome to Ideas Into Reality, a podcast to inspire everyone to take action to turn their ideas into reality. No matter what experience they have, where they live, or who they think they are right now. Each week, we introduce you to a founder that has taken their tiny flicker of an idea and done what it takes to bring it to reality. We also take a few minutes to dig into the how of some of the key lessons those founders have learned on their journey so that you can feel more confident in what to actually do as you start to take action on your idea. Ideas into Reality is hosted and produced by the team behind Canvas Coworking and Startup Toowoomba. So we'll be talking to founders from our local community here in regional Queensland, as well as some of the interesting folk that we have met during our travels around the globe. As you've heard, Ideas into Reality is produced by the team behind Canvas Coworking. If this isn't your first episode, you may have heard that some of our guests have been involved in various programs that we offer. So we thought you might like to know a little bit more about that today. Through collaboration with our community, we offer a range of workshops, programs and events to help entrepreneurs build sustainable, scalable businesses, from short skills sessions to vertically themed accelerators. Being an entrepreneur can be lonely and frustrating. Our cohort-based mentor-driven programs can help you learn, act and connect really fast. Accessing the knowledge from experts is an invaluable way to find out what you don't yet know that you don't know and a great way to give back. We have experts who give half a day a month to spend in private conversations with our members to help them access the right answers to their questions, such as legal, financial, marketing, intellectual property, commercialisation, branding, web design, food manufacturing and human resources. Making connections, building confidence, sharing stories, developing skills and behaviours are vitally important and that's why we host hundreds of events each year. To see what programs and events are coming up, you can visit canvascoworking.com.au forward slash events. Starting a new business is often a labour of love. In today's guest's case, though, it was even more so. Katerina von Hasinger is the founder of the Golden Bone Bakery, an Ipswich-based company manufacturing and selling healthy treats for pets. With a strong focus on sustainability and social good, Katerina, along with her partner Raina, is building a strong foundation for her business with integrity and value-based decision-making at the core. I encourage you to pop your headphones in, grab your fur baby and take a walk to the park as you listen to this week's episode. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Katarina. I'm really happy to have you here and actually here in person, which doesn't always happen in this day and age of COVID. So I'm really glad that you're with me today. So as we are able to take this time to share your story with more people. Let's start by just getting you to introduce yourself and a little bit about the Golden Bone Bakery. Hello everyone, thanks so much for having me Joy. Um, my name is Katharina von Heusinger and I started the Golden Bone Bakery. Why? Because I absolutely um, felt the need for healthy pet treats in Australia 
I created, um, so I'm like we are still creating um, lots of healthy dog and cat treats, basically um, treats without preservatives and artificial colors and sugars, and just using natural ingredients that are good for your pets. Wonderful. And I have a dog and a cat who have both tried them and ate them up, so they must have enjoyed them. <laughs> awesome. Now, you mentioned here in Australia, and obviously people can probably tell from your accent that maybe you were not born here. So how about you tell us a little bit about what was going on in your life around about the time that you got the idea for creating a, a bakery for dogs? Basically, I moved to Australia to live with my boyfriend. And he um, um, lived in Ipswich at that time, and which is a kind of like a smaller city, um, whereas I'm from Munich in Germany, which is like a bigger city. And um, I was working back in Europe in the animal health industry corporate. So the whole had the whole shiny corporate life. And coming to Ipswich was a big, big change. I knew... There was not much industry. Um, if I wanted to look, to work further in the corporate world, I needed to move to either Melbourne or Sydney. So I was thinking about an alternative to do. And both Ryan and I, we were into entrepreneurship. I always wanted to have my own business. And we just didn't know what. And it all came naturally to us. Ryan's dog, Jet, was passing lots lots of smelly winds when we gave him treats which was very unusual for me to experience and I looked at the ingredients and saw that they were full with artificial colors and flavors and all chemicals um, which are definitely not good for your pet and I couldn't find anything healthy in, in the supermarkets so I said like man we need to change that in Australia and that was it, really. And that's how we got into um, creating our own business in the animal health space in Australia. I can only imagine how big a change that would have been, like not only, like you said, from a big city to a, to a small uh, city, a quite small city uh, just outside of Brisbane, for those who don't know where Ipswich is. Also, you know, different language, um, new boyfriend, not sure how long he'd been on the scene, but that's a pretty big move to move countries for a man. Um, but then also, you know, the, the whole career loss as such. So so that was all really significant. And obviously, as you said, you were interested in entrepreneurship and, and the idea of starting a business wasn't, um, I guess, something you hadn't considered. But had you ever done that before? Like, had you tried starting a business even in Germany or no, I never tried starting my own business, but I studied, um, I studied animal science in the Netherlands, and part of that university, uh, I could do a semester in consumer marketing, and then they had there an entrepreneurship um, course I could apply for, and in that course we did like a product. Um, products uh, so we created products and then we competed with each other on who has the best product and we won our team won um, with a safety product for horses so we won that that competition and uh, and then I always 
I always had crazy ideas of how to start um, a business and you, one of them was like um, starting a Christmas market in the Netherlands, like the German way with the Glühwein. And uh, people just laughed at me and I, I went to the council and asked for permission and they, they declined and <laughs> all these things. Um, but it's just fun. For me, it's, 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 it's all a one big game. Are you going to have to just explain to me the Glühwein? So the Glühwein is like the hot wine we um, have. We just mix into a, um, hot red wine some spices and oranges to make and it like a Christmas. No. Yeah, and they said no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm sure they have their reasons, but that sounds like a delicious thing to have and why would somebody say no? So anyway, <laughs> it's a thing. All right, so business and the idea of starting a business wasn't a totally foreign concept to you then. You'd had a little bit of experience creating a product in a, an, a university scenario. Is that product still going, the safety device for horses? Or? No, and it, it's funny. We were four girls and we knew we needed an investor um, to get it going and I found one <laughs> but it was funny like the moment I came in with this proposal from this really rich crazy investor um, the girls were like I, 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 I w- wasn't really friends with them and we were all like, like we liked each other probably didn't trust each other and then they just smelled the money and like oh but I want to have this much of, us, of the money and I want this and so oh, that's not going to work yeah, money changes things, whether it's family or friends or not quite friends, just acquaintances. So so you moved to Australia for Raina. How did you meet Raina? I met Raina seven years ago in Singapore. So I was travelling for a job to New Zealand. And in Singapore, I went to a hostel for 10 days and I met Raina. He was pretty cool. <laughs> that does sound cool. And he was living in Ipswich, just holidaying in Singapore, or was he travelling as well? Like, what was he, what was he doing? So he just came back from a six-month travel through Europe on his own, and he visited his uh, sister in London and other people. And yeah, and on, on his way back to Ipswich, he uh, travelled via Singapore in the same hostel. Oh wow! And you were on your way to a job in New Zealand. Were you were you moving to New Zealand? What were you doing? Well, no, we, I was I was uh, working um, back in Germany, and uh, my mentor there said, "You know, we have this job opportunity he- for you here, and we um, we would like to like you know inc- like follow up on your on your career and and what you want to do." I was like, oh, I'm, I'm not sure if I'm ready yet um, for this big career, even though I always saw myself climbing up the career ladder. And But I would like to travel first a bit. And he said, where do you want to go? And I said, well, I don't know, <laughs> somewhere. And he was like, what about New Zealand? I have this friend there and uh, he, he owns veterinary clinics and maybe he has a project for you. I said, okay, that's awesome. Let's do that. But it wasn't all fully confirmed and when I traveled to Singapore, even then it wasn't really confirmed. And we celebrated Chinese New Year. And when we came back at four o'clock in the morning, I had this email in my inbox. Um, hey, Katerina, I heard. And 
I'm the owner of the, uh, this clinic and do you want to do this project? And I was like, yes. <laughs> so that that was actually the confirmation to say you're on your way, you're yeah. heading to New Zealand. So did you go to New Zealand? Yes. Yeah. And and what happened when you got there? Like how long did you stay? What happened with Raina? So Ryan and I, we were just friends. Um, we just became friends and I... Uh, um, I I just totally enjoyed um, it was a four month project and it was on the South Island, Southwest Point on South Island, really cool. Uh different language again, like even though it's English, but it's very different. Um so I need to learn that. <laughs> and it was really cool because um I was a market researcher for them, doing us um satisfaction, customer satisfaction survey, and I was driving along like hundreds, probably thousands of kilometers um, going from one dairy farm to another and collecting survey answers and then doing my analysis, and which I love using data and, and then following up with recommendations for the clinic, how they can improve and why people are unhappy or why they're happy. I um, to really see that uh, the, the data I collected made, uh, made a difference. Lovely. That's awesome. And then that that naturally ended or did you, like how did you manage to get then to Australia oh, from New Zealand? So um, I kept in contact with Reiner and he, uh, and I, I just like, look Reiner, I have, um, it's, it's finishing in June and I still have, you know, couple of months to, to travel and I saved a bit of money um, would you like to come traveling with me and he said like yeah I've never been to, to New Zealand so okay and I knew I was a bit selfish because I knew he's really good with cars <laughs> and he's a fitter and turner um, he loves cars and he can he builds his own car and it's, it's like incredible and he's really uh, he was always very protective um, over me when we were in Singapore when I sometimes didn't feel so safe at night and I just feel, felt really really good with him and yeah and then he said yes and I organized us a car um, which had a <laughs> it had a heating problem <laughs> so he needed to uh, he always checked on the car it wasn't overheated and which was yeah really good um, and then we traveled together through New Zealand. It was for for six weeks. We traveled, the two of us spent 24 hours a day together, of course, and that's how we fell in love. Um, it's all really naturally, um, all coming together. And then we traveled to his to meet his parents, his family in Ipswich. And from there, um, we traveled further to... Taiwan because I had friends um, over in Taipei, and they um, um and at first because it was the, the friends of my best friends in the Netherlands and and she was like Katarina you're going to, on this big travel go go and see Taiwan I was like what Taiwan why Taiwan <laughs> she was like here watch this video it was a two hour video about food culture in Taiwan and and I was like, okay, after that, I'm going to Taiwan. 
<laughs> so we did that together. It was awesome. It was amazing. I love food. I love different cultures. And we had like four locals there showing us the good places and explaining to us their culture. And we even visited like um, a temple on the mountain and it was all magical. And from there, um, Raina went back home and I went back home. And then I um, got a job in Belgium um, being market researcher for the animal health industry and did that for a year. And it was also planned that Raina would come to Belgium, but then it just didn't work out. And then I decided to move to his place. Otherwise, we... Because we, we split up for for a little bit because I do not like relationships on distances. Mm-hmm. Um, but then he invited me over um, after we split up. He still invited me over and said like, come again for two weeks or a week, or, you know, to Australia, and let's see if it's if the feelings are still that strong. If not, then you just travel travel yourself. Um, otherwise we stay together. So, okay, why not? So I took some holidays and did that for two weeks. And the moment I saw him at the airport, so my heart was like beating so hard. And it was just like, we, we hugged and he, he's a good hugger. <laughs> and I was like, okay, that's it. You're the one. Awesome. That's such a lovely story. That's, yeah, really good. <laughs> So so then you moved. That was it? You you came and stayed? Or did you go back home again and, and then come oh, back again? Yeah, definitely. I yeah. went back back home. And then um, a couple of months later in, in December, no, in, in January 2015, I moved to Ipswich. And that's where you've been since? Yeah. And that's where you met Jet. And that's why you now have a business. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so so we'll we'll catch up from there again. So you you've got this idea for a business now. You've you've got a dog and and it's passing lots of smelly wind and you've decided the the ingredients in the food are just not good. And obviously you've got experience in that industry and and you're going, Okay, let's let's see what we can do here. What did you do then? Like what what steps did you take to go, this could be a business? Like, did you think of it straight away like that? Or did you just make some treats for Jet to stop him from farting? Like, No, I, I think I d- immediately saw the, um, the market gap. And I also, I, I'm coming from Germany, whereas the organic um, health markets is already established, was already established back then for like at least 10 years so we had a um, healthy dog bakery just like two minutes next to our house. So it's, it was something so natural and I thought, and I knew even Australia, New Zealand. Oh, it was actually funny. In New Zealand, they had a t- two or three programs on the TV that went on for 24 hours showing how to cook healthy. I was like, oh my God, this government really wants to change the their population's health and their health healthy habits. And so like Australia must be the same. New Zealand, Australia. I just put them in one pot. <laughs> Probably not the not the best choice. Um but 
I knew that in, in, in Australia, like even in Brisbane, there were more and more healthy juice shops popping up and people just looked more into what's alkaline food, what's acid food. So they more and more started to educate themselves and showed interest in it. So I thought like, let's, let's jump on this wagon of, um, of this whole movement of healthy more like healthy habits, healthy eating. And then if they do it for themselves, they will do it for their pets as well because they are like fur babies. Um, so I just saw, I saw the, the potential here. And what I did then was I consulted with a veterinarian who holds a master in nutrition from Ipswich. And I pitched to her my idea and she loved it. And she said, like, yes, um, I support you from day one. You can put me on your, put my face on your website, um, you know. And since then, I'm, I'm still friends with her and I run my ideas for her and she gives me her feedback. Because you create all your own recipes, don't you? Like yes. everything, you, you think about what it's going to be and then source the ingredients and make it. And um, maybe just share a little bit about... I guess, the, the process of making and how you go about making your treats? Because obviously you can't just cook them in your kitchen at home and sell them to the world. So so what do you do there? So we started in our kitchen and then we went um, on to commercial kitchens. It was more via a friend who was a chef and in Ipswich and she invited us to to sub-brand her kitchen at restaurants, like at the Ipswich Club we were, and then we moved from there to the Karana Downs Golf Club, and which was a, a little bigger kitchen again. And finally it had air conditioning. Or like not air conditioning, but like at least a fan or something. Because in the Ipswich Club we were without fan in like 30 degrees, 35 degrees, hot kitchen slaving away 10 hours a day. We were paying um, friends of us to help, help them rolling the dough. Like it's all about like, you know, you need to mix it, the ingredients, you need to roll the dough. You had like little cookie cutters, um, little bound shell cookie cutters. And it's like every little cookie with your hands. <laughs> <laughs> to create like you know thousands of them and then bake them and to the right temperature so that the nutrients um, are still in there so it's like low temperature for a bit longer because uh, to get um, a good shelf life you need to reduce the moisture um, and then that's our quality because we what we got told if you want to sell on in, in shops it's you need shelf life um, so we need to send then our products to the to the lab and then they gave us the, their nutritional analysis um, and yeah from that on like we just grew so knowing how to do all of those things like you know as you said you went and talked to a vet who was also a nutritionist about the recipe but um, knowing that oh we need to in 
engage a lab to, to help test this and we need to, you know, bake them longer and, and all of those sorts of things. Um, how did you learn that? Were there people that you met along the way that helped you? Did you pay someone to help you? Like, is can you Google, um, you know, <laughs> that and find the person that you needed? Like, how did you go about finding the information and the help and support and access to the facilities and things like that that you needed to make it happen? Okay, so there are two things. Um, one is the is the um, like with the lab and so on. That that's just. I oh yeah, I, I called the Pet Food Association Industry Australia, and I said like, what what does it take to create um, treats for pets, and what do I need to do? And, and then they said like, well. Um, you don't have to, but it's recommended by us. Um, the guaranteed analysis, nutritional analysis. The, um, the, you need to list all the ingredients. You um, need to label it. Um, so it was just kind of like a checklist, and then then I did all that. And and from the the other thing I I did, and I highly recommend um, anyone who has a business idea with no business background is to look for an entrepreneur's club. And at that time um, in Ipswich, I, the um, Ipswich Council started the Fire Station 101, which was like a, a startup hub in Ipswich. And um, it was run by a very talented man, um, Chad Renando. And he was very welcoming and really forward-thinking, um, really highly uh, himself, highly educated in business and startups. And there I found um, a little community of like-minded people who uh, believed in my idea, um, some, some probably more than I did, and gave me that um, yeah that that confidence and also connected me with the right people, who then helped me um, yeah find getting out of my kitchen, getting into like using commercial ovens in in real commercial kitchens. So that support network was obviously valuable for you, particularly because you didn't grow up in Ipswich. You wouldn't have just known, like maybe you knew the vet, but you wouldn't have just known all of these other other people in that community. So that's great that that was there for you. And obviously um, we've known Chad for a while and we know, yeah, he's awesome in, in helping people, one, inspire them to actually take those steps forward, but making those connections, which is, is really great. And I'm glad that you found that because obviously, you know, that's probably been a, a critical part of you getting going in the early stages as quickly as you did, um, albeit it may not feel as quick, quick as you want it to be, but as quickly as you did. And, and you've gone really well with that. So, uh, a key part of what you're doing, though, with the production line is now learning to scale that. And I know Raina is a key part of that. So do you maybe want to share a little bit about how Raina became involved in the business in in the way that he addresses it? Obviously, you've come from one side, but he's come from a different side as a fitter and turner. So, so what's that look like? So Raina, as I probably also gave away in my New Zealand introduction, he's He's very good with machines and he's very much solution orientated. So wherever there's a problem, he will find a solution for it. And he's very creative. 
So one problem we encountered was, um, yeah, to scale to uh, like to to f to make machines that um, that create our our healthy treats, and these are the ones he then created, and also he um, he maintains um, he maintains them really well. So it's really cheap for us. Other people need to contact companies that make them for them, like engineers companies, and which is really expensive. So we um yeah, we 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 balance each other really well out because he knows his parts really well, which is like the the production and uh, supply chain management, whereas I'm really good at networking, um, at building our customer base, doing sales, um, building relationships. So he recently, uh, normally he, wa he was doing fly-in-fly-out work, but um, he recently decided to join the business full-time, which is very exciting. And... Because I, I normally when he was away, I was doing all his jobs. I was doing the whole production, and we now have a production team um, and the production manager, and so I was doing all of that. So having him on board full time just brings us to a whole new level. And were you full time from the very beginning, or did you have a day job as well at the beginning when you started? Like. How much time were you able to put into it all? That's funny. Like I, I came to Australia on a work and travel visa. To get a second year work and travel, you need to do 88 days of agricultural work. So I got via different a different veterinarian. I got in contact, uh, who I also pitched my idea to, but he wasn't really impressed. Um, <laughs> um, I uh, I got in contact with a dairy farmer, Paul Roderick from Harrisville, and who's now a really good friend of mine. And he uh, and I called him and said, "Like, hi, got this now. You know, um, I got your contact via via, and uh, I need a job. Do you need someone helping you at the dairy farm?" And he was like. You know, he thought my accent I was Asian, so really weird. I don't know why. <laughs> and and he was like, Oh maybe, not sure. It's like I would just I, I just come do you have any plans for like this afternoon? No. Okay, I will be there at two o'clock. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> I took Rainer as my bodyguard. You don't know what's happening, you know, <laughs> young girl on her own. And on a dairy farm. Anyway, and then so I took aim I took Rhino and and I talked to to, to Paul and and <laughs> after he told me he was very impressed um how stubborn I was um getting this job because I really needed it. Um I really need otherwise yeah I was a probably I did, the option was either I do it all myself via work and travel visa or I marry Rhino. I was like, no, I'm not going to marry Rana just because because of a visa. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> yeah. So you got the job. So I got the job. 
Yeah, and even after the eighty-eight days, um, I still kept working because I really, really liked it, and I liked the the physical work. Um, I always did horse riding, and it was really tough um, with cleaning stables and yeah, working with horses in general. And so I really liked it, and the money couldn't believe it. Like you, you, you make really like you pay us I think twenty two dollars an hour for just milking cows and cleaning the dairy. I was like, wow, like for for a German, it's like that's really good money. So, um, so I kept doing this for, for over a year. Wow, a lot longer than eighty eight days. Yeah. So and then. Were you building the Golden Bone Bakery on the side of that yeah. at the time? Yeah, I was building it at the side. Getting that all in. Yeah. 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 And Paul was um, was a driving force in that because he is a business person himself. So he grew his dairy from, I think, like 30 cows to 300 cows, something like incredible. He's sitting on, on all sorts of dairy boards in Australia and, um, you know, sh- sharing his knowledge with the world. Like it's really impressive so his mindset totally helped me and while we were like milking cows in the dairy he was like um discussing with me and brainstorming with me how we can build this business um from nothing to something and then even like when i had my very first product uh his our colleague at the dairy john bought the very first treats of me, of me for ten dollars, and I still have that ten dollars. Oh wow! <laughs> uh, that's it's incredible how I guess serendipitous that is. That you you needed the job, you pushed and pushed. I've I've seen how stubborn and determined you are, so that I can attest to. Um, but you pushed for that, you got that. But then the mentorship and the um, inspiration that come from that obviously has helped drive where you are today. So that's that's really awesome. I'm keen to know a lot of this sounds like everything's kind of worked really well for you and, and things have gone to plan. Is there anything along that journey so far that's just not got to plan, like things that just have gone wrong, like totally wrong? Not really. What was really, really hard was my mental state. Because coming to Ipswich from from Munich was a huge cultural shock. And I didn't know anyone in Australia. I had no family. I had no friends. Rainer was working a lot away, like sometimes like two months um, at a time. And then coming back for three weeks and then back again. And... It was just me and Jet, the dog, <laughs> in Ipswich. And, yeah, and it was it was really hard to, to, to meet people too, even though I'm really easy, I'm like a little so- social butterfly, quite, uh, quite easily make friends, but um, it was very hard. So I felt really really down like really like strong pain of loneliness and it was heartbreaking it was like you know when you get dumped by a boyfriend and you who you really wasn't lo- you, you, you were really in love with that just breaks your heart and that's how that's how i felt 
I was sitting on the living um, room floor and just crying, having Jet there to cuddle and just and thinking, if I go back home, um, or I push through, you know, like so I really love Rainer and. Yeah, I really want to do this, and it's a great opportunity with the business, even though there was no business at that time. But I, I just thought now I, I had this very strong voice in me, which I, I think I always had in my my life. Um, I had, I had a very, um, I had a couple of years ago during my during my university, I did a um, work experience in. Northern Germany at a, a like Grand Prix high level jumping stable. So those horses, they're like performance horses. And um, I was riding once a horse and the horse totally bolted. And I had no control over this horse anymore. And it wanted to, to, to run back because the horse also felt, oh, the rider above me has no control that's not not really fun so let's let's go back home the problem was um it was like a gravel road hill going down uh arriving onto a bitumen road on the other side was a wall of stone and then the, the horse had to take a turn on the bitumen road to then turn again into the stable and but the horse was like half warm blood half thoroughbred and it was so quick and it ran down this hill of gravel. And I just had in my head this picture. The horse won't get the curve and will fall down and will will fall down and will slide with the side of a saddle into the wall stone. I will be dead. And everything in me screamed, jump off, jump off. If you don't jump off, you're dead. So I jumped off and I broke my ankle and, and, and my, my hand and my wrist and the do- and the and the horse I looked up and the horse didn't get the cur- the curve and fell down and slid with the side of the saddle into the wall stone. The horse got up um a couple of wounds but nothing nothing serious and I just thought like thanks <laughs> whoever said that in my head. Thank you so much. And since then I'm just listening. To my to my inner voices. Wow, oh, that's incredible. Just yeah. Well, I'm glad you did because otherwise you wouldn't be with us today, or or not in the way that you are. Um, but yeah, that's amazing. But listening to that voice and knowing when is it actually helping you and when is it just getting in the way? Which often our inner voice just gets in the way for us. Um, but when is it actually helping you and going? Okay, this is a dangerous situation. You need to do something about this. So. Incredible. Yeah, and that's so that helped me then um, pushing through the loneliness. Yeah, saying like, like just push through it. It's worth it. Trust, have trust in your journey. And whenever I feel like oh, this is too much or something, then then my inner voice kicks in and says like, no, nah, it makes you happy. Um, not everything in life is easy. Push through. It will be fine. Yeah. But the the loneliness, I mean, I'm I'm probably fortunate myself that I've uh not had to experience that. I can't imagine how how that really feels. 
So, yeah, well done for finding that strength inside to actually push through and keep going. And and I'm very happy now to know that Raina is going to be home full time and working with you and that hopefully all of that will not happen for you going forward anymore. So, so that's really good. All right. So we've had some ups and we've had a couple downs as well. Um, but I imagine there's some things that you're super proud of in what you've achieved so far with bringing the Golden Bone Bakery to reality. So do you want to share a couple of things that you're you're really proud of? I'm really proud of the fact that I created a network, um, a network of supporters, of people who really believe in us. Um, and I love listening and I, and I love learning from other people. So I think also that people feel that, that whatever they say to me, I appreciate. And I take on board as much as I can. And that led the business and myself onto a really great journey. We, we, got, we get now get approached. I still approach a lot of people, don't get me wrong, but... I do get approached by great organizations like the RSPCA. They approached us quite early, um, offering you know to become official sponsor of the RSPCA School for Dogs um, to also yeah, to like to support positive reinforcement training, which we are all about, and to do that with healthy treats and. To they have super stores, and I said, like, hey, we have these retail stores, they're going really well. We would love to sell your products. And at that time, I didn't even have a barcode. <laughs> and there, there was like this purchase manager sitting at this, this big boardroom, and the marketing manager. And I was like, we really like your products, but you need to have a barcode. <laughs> so I said, oh, it's a barcode. <laughs> you know. <laughs> It's uh, for him, we're just like selling all the treats at veterinary clinics and little bakeries. <laughs> so, so that, yeah, it's that's that's something I'm really proud of. And the Ipswich Hospital Foundation approached us as well. Um, it's not only the Ipswich Hospital, but it's the whole West Morton area. So, we recently did a mental health program with them and um, ask pet owners to send in their p- pictures of their pets and tell us and the Ipsos, uh, Ipsos Hospital Foundation how that pet helped them with their mental health through COVID. So it was incredible, absolutely incredible. Um, and, w- yeah, we were able to, to, to sponsor the prizes and to also help with the whole communication and organization. And um, and then also with the um, correctional center, they approached us as well and said, like, wow, we have this rehabilitation program for inmates and we would love to have um, manufacturing companies and we would, would love to have Golden Bound Bakery because um, Golden Bound Bakery, because it's, it's a whole commercial kitchen uh, pro like program in, in, in terms of the rehabilitation program so you have not only positions but you have hierarchies 
because you need to work as a team. So you have like the head baker, you have the pack, you know, someone who just packs, someone who labels, someone who checks the quality, um, someone who's like the, that's the that's the stock take. So there's all these different responsibilities, and especially with prisoners, um, like it's a total different structure they live in in a prison than what the outside is, and to get told from another inmate to what to tell like if an, if one inmate tells another inmate what to do that's very could be very dangerous within their own structure in how they live in in a prison but to accept that in the production area at Goldenbaum bakery um that's a real big thing and it gives them confidence it, it teaches them team spirit it teaches them responsibilities um, and they're, they're creating something they're really proud of so we, we employ at the moment six inmates and we have a waiting list of 30 so last time I went in there and I just just washed my hands in a different room and there were other inmates I didn't know so they weren't part of this rehabilitation program uh, they came to me so Are you are you the girl from Golden Bowen? And I was like, yeah. Why? And and, and they were like, we want to work for you. It's <laughs> like, wow. Okay, you can apply for it. So they actually, you know, learn how to go through a inter an interview process, and then only if they show a certain character traits or yeah, yeah. attitude. Exactly. Yeah. Um, then they get into the program yeah. and we write reference letters and it's really, really cool. Like um, that's something I'm, I'm also really proud of. It's it's not not all my achievement, of course, but it's it's the fact that they, that work restart, which is um, run by Helen Black, an amazing woman. She, um, like they approached us or they approached the fire station and then the fire station lets to us say we have this manufacturer here um, in Ipswich and they connected us. So that's pretty cool. That is. And definitely something to be proud of. And yeah, I'm you know, you're a you're a social enterprise, you're a commercial business, um, you're creating healthy treats, you're creating healthy minds in the pet owners. Um, it's a it's a nice big circle of of all the things. So lots to be proud of, which is really good. Thank you. So At the moment, you're in the Flare Incubator and we're really excited to have you and you're um, in that program because you're looking to expand your business and you've got obviously lots of plans for what the business is going to grow into in the future. So do you want to tell us a little bit about what some of those might be? That's another thing um, I'm proud of. I, a friend of mine sent me this uh, this link to uh, to this program and said, like, Katarina, um, the description sounds like you. <laughs> Thanks, Tiffany. <laughs> and uh, I was like, wow, okay, let's, uh, let's apply. And I was lucky enough to get, um, get in there, get first invited to the boot camp, meeting all these amazing, amazing other women, female leaders in their own industry. And, um, and then again, I got really lucky to be a part of this cohort um, of the, the FLAIR female leader program. So what I really like, 
about it is um, is the connection with uh, the girls, uh, the just share, sharing, being all in a sim similar mindsets, um, hearing each other's stories, and uh, learning about their visions and their goals and where they want to take their business to and um, yeah that's that's something really really interesting I always think quite big even though my, my mentors always tell me to even think bigger <laughs> and I see uh, Golden Baum Bakery uh, the top of mind brand in Australia for healthy pet treats whereas um people around me are always pushing me further like you know don't stop with Australia there are other countries out there who need your products and want your products and appreciate your products and the love you put in in and the knowledge you put um, into in, into your treats so Flair gave me like um, even more confidence of of following those visions And um, yeah, and just just being able to to learn more in a safe place, sharing your thoughts, sharing your fears, sharing um, you know your, your, the challenges you face, and even be also be confronted um, with new things I've probably have thought about but never really done. For example, the branding because uh, it's. I always saw myself as not a very creative person. Um, was I, I always liked art, but I always felt, I don't know, like I need help doing it. But now having someone like Ian Mason in there who just pushes you to rethink your whole branding, and that's that's something really valuable. Fantastic. And, and we see some of those big, big goals and big dreams that you have and encourage you to keep thinking big and you are and you're bringing them to reality like you're making them happen um for those who you know may not be aware you've got your your product that you sell to to customers like to people who own pets but also to other stores like vets and and rspca um but then you also have like the whole manufacturing facility and and contract manufacturing as well so it's already grown you know, that much and, and I know that you've got bigger plans. So it's exciting. So well done. Thank you. So people have been listening and they're like loving the story and I'm loving the story. And and they're going, I, I have a dog, I have a cat. Um, what, you know, what can I get and where can I get it? So how about you tell us a little bit about um, the product range that you have and where people can can buy them and how they can find out more about you and, and the Golden Bone Bakery. Yeah, sure. So if you have a dog or a cat um, who uh, likes to chew, for example, um, something to, to clean their teeth in a natural way. We have lots of like dental sticks and sharkies, which is like um, sustainably sourced black tip, black tip reef shark. Uh, it's like what you, what you eat at a fish and chip shop called Flake. That's um, only 35% of that shark gets used for human consumption. Everything else is waste, and we buy um, that waste off and uh, turn it into dog treats. And um, they're great, great shoes for puppies, but also um, larger dogs. Um, we have goat horns for long-lasting shoes. 
we have beef street of kangaroo mints, um, our most popular treats. Yeah, and even for, for cats, we have um, like single meat protein fish and lamb and chicken breast, all just dehydrated um, to either just crunch away as a little treat or to give them a bit of a bigger piece so they can chew and clean their teeth, especially for cats who are prone to uh, um, create dental diseases. Um, it's like over 70% of cats over the age of four um, develop some sort of dental issue, which is really shocking. Um, and it's, it's based on, on, on their f- mostly on their food because they do not have enough chewy things to, to keep their teeth clean in a natural way. So all these things you, you, you find at um, thegoldenbonebakery.com.au. You can also find us on socials and Facebook and Instagram, all the Golden Bone Bakery. We, uh, we run uh, lots of competitions and um, please just like our page and maybe share our page to your own profile. We would highly appreciate that. Um, the one thing uh, we need is uh, just you know have more people talking about us. And um, yeah, if you could do that for us, that would be amazing. Thank you so much. Wonderful. And yeah, I, I love seeing some of the, the different things that come through on your social media. It's always like, oh, if you need a little pick me up, go and check out the Golden Bone Bakery on, on socials. Um, I, I'm also uh, keen to hear what you would say to someone else if they're going, oh, I've got an idea for a business. What should I do? You know, what, what would you tell them to do first? To validate the market. Just have a look. Um, do you already have does your competitors? Uh, who are they? Um, what are they selling? Why is your product better than the ones from your competitors? And then just test. And if, if it is, if you really have something there and you think people would be interested, then just start um, making a couple and go to markets, uh, ask your friends. I gave so many samples out. I just made so much and just gave it around. And just ask people, give it to your dog. You know, if they spit it out, um, that's fine. Let me know. And I create something else. We had like broccoli treats we once made. and <laughs> We gave them to our friends and their chow chow just, <laughs> just spit it out. <laughs> I was like, okay, no broccoli. <laughs> and then even other dogs, they were like, ugh. <laughs> and that's fine. So that's that's how you, how you find yeah, <coughs> the, 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 the flavors that people like, that the dogs like. So definitely test, 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 test. Make, test, 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 test. And be open. And, oh, and, and I, I also did, um, of course, surveys. So I created this, this questionnaire and I ask people, do you have a pet? And what kind of pet do you have? And what do you feed them? And how often do you give them treats? And what kind of treats? And what's their favorite flavor? And all sorts of questions. And I just went around. I remember in in Brighton, on the like in Brisbane on the beach um, with my dog. And I just had this paper, you know, printed out of a pen and paper. And I just asked random people. You know, and yeah, of course they said no. And some said yes. So 
Who cares? <laughs> That's it. But you learnt a lot from the ones that did stop for a chat. And, and a lot of people are happy just to have a chat if it is something they're interested in and they've got something to say. So, yeah. yeah. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for joining me this morning. I really enjoyed our chat. Um, one final thing, I know as part of Flair, we're always encouraging you to think about what it is that you actually need in order for your business to move forward. And and you've mentioned your social media and people can like you and, and find you there. Um, but at this stage of your business, what is it that you need that someone listening might just be able to go, you know what, I could help with that um, to help you move forward. So so what's that, that main sort of thing? We uh, would love to get into... Uh pet store chains um someone like best friends is a big goal for us where we uh, could showcase our um and our brands and could reach more pet owners around australia um yeah so if you know anyone who now is um you know manager um of of a bigger pet shop chain please let us know um please get in touch with them tell them about our story and what we are about and and tell us as well it would be awesome that would be awesome wonderful well thank you katarina for joining me today i really really enjoyed our chat and we have got a big day ahead of us now for the final day of our flair residential this week um so we'll go and get into that um but yeah look forward to to seeing where you take the golden bone bakery in the future well thank done. you so much well that brings us to the end of this week's ideas into reality episode and we hope that you enjoyed learning about our founder's journey and got a couple of takeaways from the lesson learned that will help end the flames of your idea. Assuming you did, be sure to subscribe to this podcast on your favourite podcast app and let your friends know too. They might just be sitting on an idea that you do not even know about yet. You can find out more about Canvas Coworking and Startup Toowoomba by visiting our websites, canvascoworking.com.au and startuptoowoomba.com.au or finding us on pretty much any social media platform. My name is Joy Taylor and I'd like to thank you for joining me on this journey and I look forward to introducing you to our next guest in our next episode.